Ladies, 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 how are you doing? I hope you are well. I am so excited for you to hear my conversation with Benedicta, who's from Beneratio Finances, as we speak about budgeting, saving and investing and our mindset towards it. Check it out. A question that I wanted to ask you. So obviously um, COVID has affected quite a few people who are in jobs um some who have been made redundant this year um mm. obviously re- redundancy is something that tends to happen quite a bit i don't think it's just because of covid um we've seen redundancy throughout our whole lifetime now i remember speaking to a friend of mine who was made redundant quite a while ago and when they found out um you know how much money they were getting the number was quite exciting to them um What's the first few things that people do that I know? Can you imagine? They were just like, like, damn, I'm getting all of this money. Like, I mean, hello. What is the first thing you would advise people to consider when they see that amount coming to them and what they should do with it? Because, um, I mean, it depends how long someone's been in the job, but someone could be in a job for more than 10 years and it's quite a, quite a big amount. Someone could be there maybe just three to four years and they're still quite you know early 20s quite young and they're just like wow this is quite a lot of money what should be the first few questions they should be asking in how do i handle this money right now so i think the first two the first thing you need to uh, uh, determine some people get redundancy and they've already got another job so the way they're going to handle their money is going to be different from someone who has got redundancy, but they're still applying, hoping to get a job. So let's break it down into those two categories. Number one, if you have got redundancy payment and you have not got a job yet, again, this is where your budgeting comes in. What are your fixed expenditure? Let's say, again, you was on an average salary of 2K a month, yeah? If your company have now paid you, I don't know, 10K, for example, Based on your day-to-day normal expenses, if you were living life as you were living before, that 10K is going to last you for five months. Hopefully, you get a job within five months, so it's not a problem. But that's the, the, the minimum way you need to even be looking at the money. But I would even take it a step further, because heaven forbid, if it takes you a year to get a job, ideally, you want that redundancy payment of 10K to last you all the way up until you get another job. Yeah. So I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say, oh, yeah, I used to get 2K a month. They paid me 10K. So that should last me for five months. No, I would even be trying to halve that and make it last even longer. So I would be wanting to have my expenses at the very minimum and make that 2K last me for 10 months. So I'd be spending £1,000 a month. So obviously, like I talked about your fixed expenditure, things like your rent, your mobile phone, if you've got a car on finance, whatever finance um you know contracts you're in that you can't get out of you need to make sure that you can cover those that's what redundancy money is for redundancy Mm. money is not for uh for flash or for holiday or to say i've just got 10k that's number one number two if you are the person who actually is lucky enough so my brother i'm gonna call him out here he got redundancy (laughs) on the same day that he got a new job so he never needed that money anyways like it was always gonna work you know If you're in that situation, the first thing I want to be saying is, number one, divide it into two, first of all. Whether you want to take that half that you're going to, that you divide it into and invest it or save it, there's, I think there's two sides of the coin. So let's say you've got your 10K, divide it into two. This 5K, 
should either be savings or investment. Savings in the sense of for a rainy day, for an emergency fund, heaven forbid, if you get made redundant again and blah, 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 all of that kind of stuff, or invest in to see if you can return, get a return on it. This other 5K, I would say you want to be using to cover any of your existing debts. So if you've got credit card, you've got loan, you've got, you've borrowed money from friends and family that you haven't paid back, you know, any of that kind of stuff, that is a negative on you, I would say this is the best time and one of the good ways to use that money to okay. clear that aspect. Now, the reason why I haven't said take the whole entire 10K and pay on your credit cards or your loans or whatever is because you want to also get a benefit from this money, right? Which is where the savings and the investment comes in. So even if that's with that 5K, you might even decide, actually, I'm going to save two five and then I'm going to invest the other two five. Do you get what I mean? So yeah. the whole idea is that you're trying to divide this money in a way that is helping you in in as many in as many uh, ways as possible, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you're covering a bit of debt, you're yeah. saving, and you're investing all with this one lump lump sum. Mm. If you want to buy yourself something nice, of course, feel free. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, kind of way. And don't get me wrong, you know, I'm not. My husband says I'm too serious sometimes. <laughs> I'm too serious sometimes. But you know, that's the kind of way I want to be thinking about it in the surface. Of course, take, if you if you know you've got another job, you've mm. got a decent payout. Why not buy yourself something nice? Spend a grand on a holiday. Do it. You only live once, as they say. <laughs> Amazing. We just have a question that came in. What are the best kind of saving accounts that have good interest rates? So the best kind of savings accounts that are going to have interest rates are going to be things that it's not really a savings account. It will be like your LISAs, your cash ISAs. Um, reason being, obviously, number one, they're tax-free, they're long-term, that kind of stuff. So it's not a base it's not your typical savings account with your bank but that's where you're going to get the best interest rate on a cash basis mm -hmm. any other um savings rate is always going to be lower mm -hmm. lower than the, the ices um and then if you want to get higher then it's going to have to be invest investing so i just kind of want to ask you about investments what are different ways that people can look at investing so <laughs> the investing is very very broad investing is extremely broad and even the terms that some people think like some people will say i'm opening up a business that's my investment it is a form of investment some people will um go into property it's a form of investment some people go into the stock market it's a form all of these anything that gives you a return on your money is a form of investment even you lending money to your friends so that they can pay you a bit more if i lent you 100 pound and you said to me benedict i'm going to pay you 120 pound to me that's an investment because i'm going to get 20 pound that i never had before so in terms of investing it is very broad ways that you might want to look at investing now for me it depends and then this is where you have two groups of people it depends because for example you have things like stocks and shares i am not a stocks and shares expert i'm not an investment expert you know like that but Stocks and shares can give you a decent return over the long run and also in the short run, you know, there's people who do all that, all kinds of trading and stuff. The challenge with that, yes, you can get a good return, but you need to learn how it works. You need to be available. You need to watch yeah. the market. You need, yeah. you know, there's so much to learn there. But then you have passive investments, for example, like property, peer-to-peer -peer lending, that kind of stuff, whereby you can invest, um, buy shares in a company, um, you know, in, in that kind of way. 
um, which is a bit more passive. You don't have to be there completely. You do your research once and then you, you know, you multiply it and, and keep on doing it. So there's so many different ways. If we were to talk about them, we <laughs> would be here from now to tomorrow. And I definitely don't know all of them. But um, I would say um, think outside of the box. Okay. Don't just think stocks and shares. Don't just think property. Don't just think like there's so many ways. Um, and I guess you probably want to do your research and maybe talk to an investment expert. <laughs> but I'll also add with the investing, there's um, stocks and shares ISAs as well. So yeah. I talked about the cash ISA. There's ISAs that you can invest into where they will then invest your money into stocks and shares. So you don't necessarily have to go and learn how, you know, the different stocks and shares, whatever, but they will give you um, a rating based on your um, your investment risk. So a company like Moneybox, yeah. you will tell them whether you are um, a cautious investor or you're optimistic, you know, and then based on whatever you say, they will then invest in companies that will meet that requirement and, you know, mm -hmm. hope to hopefully give you a return based on that. Amazing. Right. It's come back to my memory. Girl, credit score. Okay. <laughs> because this is something that I don't think we understand how essential it is um, and how important it is to be aware of our credit score. Because I remember, um, like I said earlier, when I bought a car and I bought it on finance, I remember towards, I think I had five years to pay the car off. And within the third and fourth year, I changed jobs. So I was earning a bit more. So I was like, oh, I can pay a bit more and pay it quicker. And I remember someone saying to me, you know, try not to do that because it can affect your credit score if you start paying it off too quickly. And I guess I kind of want to get some clarity on when it comes to credit score. Like if we pay something off quicker than the time frame, does that affect our credit score? Should we take our credit card to help our credit score? Like, please help us with this whole credit score situation, <laughs> please. Yeah. So there's so many, even, yeah, the credit score is made up of so many different aspects. Um, one of these being, for example, credit, um, you know, in terms of credit cards on loans and stuff like that. There's other aspects, you know, like if you own a house, that kind of stuff, your, your banking history, the term, all of that kind of stuff. So there's different aspects. With regards to overpaying, affecting your credit score negatively, I don't believe that that is a challenge. I'm not aware. It's one thing, especially the way you've explained it. If you go and take out a loan today and then you pay the whole thing off tomorrow, it is likely that that can affect your credit score because it's like, what's going on here? You know, it's, it's not consistent. The idea about a credit score is that you're building up history over time. So in that example where you said you had five years, you had already shown that you can pay off for three years. You've shown consistent paying off for three years. If you begin to pay off early, that is not going to affect your negative, uh, affect your credit score negatively. Mm -hmm. um, I think... The, the good thing about doing that is that it actually saves you interest. Um, and so that's the thing you want to be looking at, at with that. I think, like I say, that person who might have said that was probably thinking about, for example, yeah, like the, the, the negative one where, you know, you've taken out a loan today and then you're trying to pay the whole thing off tomorrow. Or, you know, you said you would do a 12 month contract and now you're breaking it. You've only, you know, you spent it for three months, but it depends where you're at as well. If you're in, if, if, you're just trying to save yourself money or you're just trying to do things in a way that's more convenient for you i don't think you should worry about your credit score in such an example for example i'm not going to sit there and pay my credit and pay my car over five years when i can clear it now in the third year just because of my credit score sorry that credit score can go down if it wants to go yeah. down because i'm going to save interest now when we're talking about building your credit score or building your credit that's where credit cards come in the credit card example 
is when you literally spend and pay spend and pay spend and pay spend and pay it's spend and pay everyone say it spend and pay hey, literally spend and pay. spend and pay like and so the idea is that again you're showing over a long period of time it's not just it's not just about getting a credit card today buying a tv and then paying it all off what they want to see is oh you've done that for 12 months consistently do you get what i mean and it doesn't mean that you can never you that if you so let me give an example. You have a credit card and you, every month you do your budget and you buy your groceries, you buy your food, your food shop is like a hundred pound. You pay for your petrol and maybe you pay for one or two bills, but you've got that money anyway, because you're earning a salary. And then at the end of the month, you pay that all back onto your credit card. Doing that once is not going to make your credit score positive, but doing that continuously, is going to help you because it shows, oh, this person, they use the credit and then they pay it back over a long period of time. Does that make sense? Yeah. So even with what, with the credit card and the stuff that you're buying, so if you did buy a TV um, you know, on your credit card and you paid it off in maybe five months or six months you know, payments, it's positive because again, it's showing, oh, every month you're able to make regular payments. They don't like, you can't, it's not a system that you can trick and just do one crazy thing do you know what i mean instantly and then it's going to positively affect it it's all about time that's why it's called a credit file because it's your history so history happens over time it doesn't happen overnight mm. that makes sense yeah. that makes sense <laughs> that makes sense um so i kind of want to ask you a question i am woman we talk about different areas of a woman's life from health from finances from relationships um we even speak about careers. I kind of want to touch on just relationships very quickly, um, especially if someone, um, let's say someone's kind of partnering with someone else and let's say you're looking to buy a home together. How important is it to discuss finances with one another and how important is it to prepare financially for your future? extremely important <laughs> extremely important it's so important because it's like think of it this way imagine heaven forbid you are with someone who can't have children they've got a life-threatening you want to know that before you get into the marriage right it doesn't i'm not saying you would use that to say i'm not going to get married to you but you need to know what you're getting yourself into does that make sense yeah um it's the same thing with finances. Imagine not talking about finances and then you get married, you move in and you realize that your partner owes 50 grand in debt and their whole salary they're, pay, they're using to pay debt. And you hears you thinking, oh yeah, there's two of us. Now we can get a bigger house. Now we can buy a car. Now we can go on holiday. And then you now find out actually, you know, my whole salary goes to paying off this debt that I've got. You need to know beforehand. Like, I'm not trying to wait <laughs> until I get into the marriage <laughs> before I find stuff like that out. It is extremely important. Um, in relationships, obviously, until you're married, until you're engaged, nothing is signed on the dotted line. But if you're serious about coming together, you need to start talking about it at the, you know, as early as possible, in my opinion. Um, I know people who have gotten married and they don't know the, how much their partner earns in my thinking especially from a godly point of view says two shall come together they were both naked and not ashamed naked not just in the natural sense but naked as in this is my life this is how much i owe this is what i've been doing this is what i hope to do this is how much i earn you know 
you need to be naked and not ashamed if you're hiding anything that means there's no transparency so mm -hmm. i don't believe in that i believe that you should know my husband knows everything even before we got married he, he saw yeah. like all my employment letters and contracts and all of that mm -hmm. and vice versa we both were 100 percent transparent and it's helped us because in our marriage it's not your money my money it's our money and so we put it together and then we divide it together and the thing is, even the Bible says as well, sorry, I'm going to start preaching here. <laughs> go, 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 go. Even the, Bible, even the Bible says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. So if you're not putting the two together, how are you going to have the good reward for your labor? Do you yeah. get what I mean? So for me, it is like 150% important yeah, that you share. So good. Um, another scenario I kind of want to talk about is um, family dynamics. So for example you know, um, growing up when I've just been speaking to friends, maybe like you're um, the one everyone leans on, maybe you're mm. the eldest, maybe you're the one who can help out. And, you know, I know quite a lot of people where they support their family a lot financially. And as they get older, it's kind of like, how can I save for myself? Because there's so much dependency on me. Mm. In mm. that kind of mm. scenario, like what advice would you give for someone mm trying their best to save for themselves to 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 build something for themselves but there's mm. a lot that's dependent on them i mean uh, for example like we both come from like an african household and we all know about sending money back home and mm -hmm. you know, we do it because we we believe in family and looking after one another um, yeah. but what i'm saying is you know for some people they may be in situations where there's a lot of people dependent on them and it's like i want to be able to save i want to be able to have something for myself but Every time I try, people always need something from yeah. me. Like, yeah. how do you, yeah. how do you do Honestly, this, this is, again, it's a major thing and we need to talk about it more. And I'm really praying that, you know, with our generation, it stops because heaven, by God's grace, we're going to do better. So we're not going to have to rely on our children, um, you know, or, or our siblings or whatever. But for now, it is the way it is. And what I would say is, don't get me wrong i believe in helping family i am the first child of four children my i grew up in a single parent home um so i know what it means to have to help out i know what it means to have to give and all of that and i believe in it even just as a christian just being good you know you want to just do the right thing and help out where you can but the truth and the honest truth that the harsh reality is that a time comes when you need to draw a line in the sand you cannot be the uh the the bear you can't be the one to bear the load of your parents weight like they have lived their lives and they've made their choices yeah you have to live your life and you need to make your choices don't get me wrong it's going to be hard i've had arguments beef and whatever because of this making a decision but remember what we said about no being a full sentence and you're not doing, don't get me wrong, if your family is in dire need, like they're about to pass out or whatever, I'm not saying don't give to them. There's always going to be a place of giving when there is a proper need in place. However, I am not trying to be your solution for absolutely everything. I'm not God. I am not God. And he's giving you the free choice and I have my own free choice. I need to live my life in a way that, you know, helps me as well. Because the truth of the matter is if I continue to always give, 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 give. The time will come when both of us will be hungry because I don't have anything to give. 
So I need to live and plan my life in a way that I can continue to be strong, continue to be stable so that every now and then, if you might need something from me, I can give it to you. And I'm never going to be able to do that if every penny I have, I'm giving it out. Now, one of the things that I do or we do, you know, I talked about all the different savings accounts. So we have accounts whereby if we're going to give, it's going to come from this pot. If there is nothing in that pot, then there is nothing to give. Mm. Unless, like I say, it's a life and death situation where we're now, you know, we're talking about emergency. Someone's going to pass out or whatever. That's different. But if you're just asking me generally for stuff, it's not my responsibility to fund, to fund your life. I'm not your yeah. bank. <laughs> I'm not your bank. <laughs> and I, I think it's so true. I think it's, um, if you don't break the cycle now, when will the cycle end? Like, it's true. I, and I think some people will think I'm so harsh. I'm not, like, I'm nice really, I promise. I'm nice. <laughs> I do give out money. <laughs> I am nice really. But it's just about having the discipline. Like, we can't, like you said, when is the cycle going to end? Like personally, yeah. I have vowed, I have vowed. I am not, me and my husband, we're not trying to live off our children. Whatever nonsense has happened before, God will help us to, to, to do what we can. But I'm not, like, if my children want to give me money, let it be because they want to or they want to buy me something nice. I don't want to be putting unnecessary pressure on them. I, like, yeah. I, as a firstborn child, like I say, I know what it feels like. And I don't want to make my child feel like that. They will have responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And yes, they will have to know the value of a pound and all of that kind of stuff. But it shouldn't be like, oh, if you don't contribute to this family, then we're not going to be able to eat no that's for yeah. a child yeah their first salary they can't even save because you're here waiting to pounce on their money <laughs> <laughs> no i hear you i hear you on that um are all of your accounts with the same bank or are they all with different accounts so i guess do you stick with the same bank for all of your accounts or do you kind of like spread them around i personally have three different bank accounts and that's separate from my business accounts. So yeah. personal accounts, I have three business accounts. I always generally recommend that people have two. Um, you don't need to have three. The only reason why I have three, to be fair, was because Lloyd's and TSB split up. So I got two bank accounts. But um, yeah, I always advise that you have a, a, a minimum of two. The reason why is because you have one that your salary goes into and your major bills go out of. And then you have one that you spend on things that are flexible. So, you know, you're feeding, going out, transport, those kind of things that are flexible. And the reason why you do that as well is because sometimes there are also some transactions that, you know, you just don't, it's ad hoc. So you want to be able to monitor it, monitor it. So you have your traditional banks, like your HSBC, your Lloyd's, your Halifax and all of that kind of stuff. And then you've got the new age banks like your Starlin and your Monzo and all of that, which are very agile, right? So as you spend, you're getting your notifications. When you spend on Lloyd's, you're, not, might, you're not, probably not getting notifications as far as I'm aware, for example. So the idea is that your fixed bills, your rent, your, your car insurance, whatever it is, that can be in your main account where your um, salary is paid into. Mm -hmm. And then your fund money, you know, the, the stuff that you probably want to be monitoring regularly you want to have in an account like monzo where you'll get the alert you can easily divide it into the pots you know the different pots yeah. that i talked about your lunch money your travel you can have all of those different pots whereas you can't do that as easily with a traditional bank so that's why i recommend it mm -hmm. that's so helpful that's so helpful what advice would you give people in how they should look at finances now that we have experienced this pandemic how should how should 
what sort of things should we be bearing in mind? Because even for me, like I said, I kind of started my financial journey um, about two or three years ago. But I feel like even this year, I've had to go even deeper into mm. um, things I'm looking to save up for, my investments. Like, it's really... I would say it's really forced me to level up with my finances. And I think yeah. that is my desire for people around me is that we level up when it comes to our finances. And, mm -hmm. and it's also a priority for us that is, is one of the things that we're thinking about. So what advice would you give people in terms of how 2020 has panned out and how we should be looking at finances moving forward? I believe that we've all learned that um, nobody knows tomorrow, like literally... Things can stop and they will stop. Um, and I think because of that, you need to always have the rainy day mindset. Again, not to be so negative, but you want to plan so that if something was to happen, you know, what would you be? In? If you lost your job today, how would it affect you? If you lost your job, if your spouse lost their job, you know, how would it affect your family? Is your whole family dependent on one salary? You know, you need to have this diversification and agility. One of the things that has happened in, um, you know, in this time, apart from people who have literally outrightly lost their job, is the element of people going on furlough where their salary has gone down to 80%. So it's like, okay, thank God, at least I haven't lost my job. But if you were the kind of person who was earning 2K and spending 2K, going down to 80% salary is actually a problem. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But in my opinion, if you live your life in a way that you, and you plan your money in a way that you always have excess or you're saving and all of that, going down to 80% salary should not be a problem. You should yeah. still be able to survive. Do you get what I mean? So those are some of the things that we need to learn and that we need to um, reminisce about. You know, mm -hmm. if this was to happen again, what are the things that you could do to soundproof yourself? Number one, don't be relying on one salary. You need to have that. It's not even an option these days. You need to have diversification, whether it's you selling your, um, your, your, your other skills and talents, new yeah. skills and talents, whether it is the professional skills that you get paid to do at work and selling them to you know, your friends and family, yeah. whatever it is, you need diversification. Because the truth is, for example, I give a typical example. Let's say you're someone who was making cakes on the weekends or whatever. Mm. And let's say you lost your job. All you, have to, all you have to do now is to beef up your cake business, for example. Do you know what I mean? Or beef up your hair business. And yeah. then the other aspect is, okay, let's say you're someone who was already doing that or you know, you're, you've already got a couple of multiple streams of income. The idea of agility, you need to be able to get up and change things. So the yeah. idea that we couldn't go to the office anymore and that kind of stuff. You need to be mm. able to market your business your skills and your services in a way that is location independent well guys that's the end of part two with benedicta where we discuss budgeting investing and saving i hope you guys took a lot of notes from that and you found it helpful i hope you guys have a great week and speak to you soon take care